Hi, Vina is back. So I'm back and I know it's been a while, but I think it is worth it. Um, this podcast and the corresponding article are thoroughly thought of. Unlike my previous articles, you know, I did not create this content in just one sitting. So it spanned out for... I don't know how many days because whenever I write a draft and then I feel like it's missing something, it's lacking something or the logic is not there. So I have to stop and then when I'm showering or when I'm in the car, an idea popped up, you know. So I have to incorporate it again. And then edit it again. That's the process. Like edit, polishing it, thinking about it. You know, if it's if it's logical, if it if it is reasonable, if it is aligned with with my core Christian beliefs. So that was my thought process or content creation process. It was it was like I I get some new insights and then i have to edit it again you know i delete remove those parts and then add another part and then i have to think things through so yeah it was very long and it's not a smooth linear way um but i thank god because he provided wisdom and guidance like even when I'm not actively thinking about my my article or discontent, um, he showered me with little bits of insights, you know, little nuggets of insight, and that's really great. And God is good, you know. That's why I usually bring a notebook with me all the time because I don't know what ideas will will pop into my head, and if I don't write them down, I, I usually. You know, I forgot them. Forget them. So this is about the book of Job. And I am very thankful that I've read it. Because, you know, like, there's... If you're a Christian, if you're, like... If you're... If you're... If you're, um, if you're active in church or... Or going to, a, like, a Bible fellowship, Bible studies. You know, and there there's there's a sharing about trials and tribulations most of the verses would be you know most of the verses that they would give to you to encourage you are from job and you know like when i read this whole book like it lifted the like a sort of a mask on the book because usually i just heard it very tiny pieces like very tiny pieces of the book but not the whole book so thank god for that like i've gained familiarity with it and it's not like okay it's not just a book that i could read whenever i'm suffering you know it's not just that book so my title is job does god give and take away because that's usually you know the the one of the main topics when you're in a bible study or 
uh, Bible fellowship and when you are reading the book of Job, like, you know, God gives and God takes away. So, okay, we'll dive in now. Job is the oldest book of the Bible. My Bible study pastor told us last week. It came to me like a trivia. I've never known about it before, but it seems rather interesting that a book sandwiched in the Old Testament would be given that distinction. Really, right? Yeah, not just you, just also me, you know, like I was also surprised. But thank God for the book of Job. It actually moves us to reflect about how we think about pain and suffering and our response to it. As the story goes, Job, a faithful, godly man, lost everything. Three of his friends, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Naamathite, visited him. They assumed he sinned and thus was punished. However, Job defended himself. He knew of no sin he committed. Thus, he wanted God to explain to him the reason behind his suffering. But they all didn't know it was the devil's work. God and Satan were in a sort of contest. The latter said that Job was just faithful because he had a hedge of protection and blessing around him. Confident of his servant, God allowed Satan to test Job. God did not take away anything from him. The devil did. So truly, Job did not really sin prior to his suffering, and his three friends can't prove nor make him confess. And so Elihu, youngest among them, and probably just a passerby or an onlooker, as he was not mentioned earlier, was angered that they can't argue successfully with him. Therefore, he spoke up, Elihu spoke up. Surprisingly, Job did not interrupt to refute him all along, unlike his other three friends who argued with him and debated with him and wanted Job to actually, you know, tell that, yes, I've sinned, that's why I'm suffering. Elihu raised five main points. And first one is, many suffering people said they didn't sin. When they were healed, through intercession, and through God's mercy, they realize they sin. Second, God is a God of justice. Like any great ruler, he, he governs with justice. Third, Job's arrogance by contending with God will make the latter angrier at him. Fourth, God loves humans. He doesn't want to punish us, so he teaches us to repent. He gives us a chance to turn back and change our ways. And the last one, we can't demand God or dispute with Him because we are not God. We are His mere creatures. So after Elihu's, Elihu's monologue, because he just, you know, just said it all at once and Job did not speak up, the Lord answered Job. It was written in a very poetic, senseful fashion. Like, you know, like, I don't know. It's really, it's, it's super touching, you know, visual. Um, pictures of nature, of power and strength through, through nature, you know. That was all the pictures you can see in how Lord uh, answered Job. It could have been, you know, the 
the Lord's exact words, but it could also have been just like the poetic license of the, the author. But nevertheless, I, I appreciated it. And because, you know, like, I guess I would be, we would be able, as readers, we would be able to invoke a certain kind of images, like this plethora of images about how powerful and how powerful and strong God is and how God is God. So, yeah, that's a good job. I really liked it. So, God told him that no one is his equal. No one is as powerful as he is. He also asked in Job 40 verse 8. Okay, quote, Would you discredit my justice? Would you condemn to justify yourself? End quote. And this leads us to discern why do we get disappointed, discouraged, and distrustful of God when we suffer? Jesus said that we are going to suffer here on earth as the evil one, aka the thief, comes to steal and kill and destroy us. That's in John 10.10. 10. Satan deceives and fools us to believe that we will attain pleasure and power when we do things that will ultimately destroy ourselves and others. But I know this one is an this one is a very you know like when I encounter um unbelievers they will ask this thing okay and you may ask and I hear this all the time you know in debates and and the YouTube uh, um apologetics courses like videos and people convincing you know preaching out they will ask why does God allow evil okay. And I thought about it, and, you know, this one is a really, um, I think this is a valid question. Okay, if God is good, why does he, he allow evil? Let us remember, God created us in his image and likeness. He made us stewards of the earth. He said, multiply and fill the earth. He governed the earth. And he did that, you know giving us his free will like i think all the other animals or, or all the other creatures all of the other creation it they don't have free will but humans humans have and as we grow and mature we learn that our choices our power are powerful they have consequences on ourselves and others thus it is not god who permits evil humans do we do we allow evil to perpetuate through our free will. And that free will, that, that is like a, sort of a power given to us by God, you know. And that's real, that really is, uh, and that's how Satan deceives us. Because he, he, th he makes us think that we're doing it because we're free, but actually he's making us slaves to sin. So why can't we take ownership of our decisions? Why do we be blame God for them? You know, I don't really know super, but I think it's also because like, as humans, like if we make mistakes, we usually fix the blame on others, like on the other people. Oh, because it's the circumstances that I have, the situation that I have, but we don't really look at ourselves and see hey, I, I, I did something wrong. 
But, you know, even if we take ownership, you know, there's a question, why does God like, you know, is he just a silent observer that he just allows to think, uh, he just allows people to do evil? You know, our perfectly good God is certainly angered and enraged by evil. He is not a silent observer. There will come a time when he will judge each and every one of us. And I've watched this video um, by Ray Comfort and Kirk Cameron last night with my husband. And they said, you know, they, they, they had an argument. They said, you know, there will be a hell. There will be a hell. There will be a judgment. You know, it's another, that's another fallacy or another, you know, um, false idea, false belief that there will be no hell because God is good. You know, God can just let it go. But he, they made a really strong contention against that. You know, our God is perfectly good and he, if he's perfectly good, of course he will be distraught, he will, he will be angered, he will be enraged by evil. Because if he's not angered by the opposite of good, then how can he be perfectly good, right? So that is a really cool argument and I think I would use that sometimes when I talk to other people. Okay, so let's move on. Next, so why do we get so discontent and distraught after God did not give us our wishes? Have we forgotten all the other blessings we receive? It's another part. Like, we are quick to forget His goodness. How quick are we to lash out and rebel when one thing does not go well? Yeah. So, you know, like, we tend to focus on the negative things, but we... We don't really look at the other, um, the blessings that God gave us. And I think this is applicable to me most of the time because, you know, like, oh, I'm a very perfectionist person and I really want like everything to be perfect. So if, if there's just one thing that's, that's wrong or that's not, that's not according, that's not aligning to my plans, then I would, I would be super obsessed in it, but I forgot everything. And I guess that's why, like, I keep on listening to Jose Marie Chan's, uh, he has a song, like, Count your blessings instead of sheep, and you fall asleep, yeah, counting your blessings, yeah, and it reminds me, that song reminds me that, that we have, God give us a lot of blessings, and we have to focus on, on, his goodness and not just on the on the tiny tiny parts that are that are not good or not aligned to our plans you know before the contest between god and satan god blessed job immensely and even after god confronted job he blessed him more than he previously received so everything was given to job like he has a wife like He's wealthy, has a family, many sons, daughters, children. So, and even after this part of his life, yes, even after this chapter in his life, like God provided more, like twice. Okay, so 
As my pastor said, God gives, gives, gives. If he withholds or takes away, he is going to give something better. Yes, I believe in that. As a matter of fact, he gave us his only son, Jesus Christ, to save us and give us eternal life. Overwhelmed with this, Apostle Paul asked, He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for all of us, for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously gives us all things? God has given us unmerited, unearned, and undeserved favor and love. Nothing indeed can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, God give, gives us His only Son to save us. So we would still think that God gives and gives away. The Lord has adopted us. We are no longer slaves but children of God. He has created in us pure hearts. Our faith then should not be conditional or dependent on our situation. As seen in the many lives of Christians, misery and hardship is not always a sign of sin. Some people who rejected Jesus live happily and comfortably. You can see that. And it's one of the, you know, like, one of the major struggles of being a Christian. Like you see you're being faithful, but, you know, you see your neighbor who's, who's doing who's corrupt, who's, who's, you know, like all those, like, people who would, who would kill other people, destroy other people's lives, so that they could just be rich, they could get money, and I could not think, why, you know, why would they exchange, exchange, and put you, money over human lives, you know, so that they could just live happily and comfortably, and we can all see this, you know, like drug lords or whatever, like people who are, who are abusing other people just for them to get money. And they're, and they're very rich. And you see that and you compare, like, why, Lord? <laughs> why, this, why this ungodly person who, who abuses other, other people, they, they get more? Yet despite the suffering, we have peace and security in Christ. Through Him, we will have eternal life, that is, life to the fullest and reconciliation to the Father. Our reward is beyond the earthly realm. I guess our reward starts here on earth. Like, it's, it's also the same thing, like the kingdom of God, you know, it's not just like fluttering in the heavens, you know, in the spiritual realm, the kingdom of God starts here on earth, you know, but it is fulfilled in another king. It is fulfilled because in not just here, but in another realm anymore, in the spiritual realm, because this is not this the, where we are, like the earth, the earth and our bodies. These are temporal, temporal things, you know, we we're gonna die, we're gonna, this body will return to dust, to soil, but our spirits will continue on. So, you know, like, they say, you know, like, it's okay if we suffer here on earth, you know, but, like, because the spiritual realm, it's where we get our reward. I, well, I don't think that's, that's really the case, like, you know, the spiritual 
kingdom of God starts here. So we will, we will, we we should as Christians, you know, like just not think about like we get all the suffering and we're gonna suffer here. That's not the mindset, you know. We're gonna suffer, but we're gonna have taste a king the kingdom of god a portion of it here because the kingdom of god starts here on earth and we will see the goodness of earth while we are living and not when we are dead okay so though the fulfillment of our rewards will be beyond you know it's it's beyond earthly things our earthly lives but you know there is hope friends that not all of our lives here on earth it's not gonna just be about suffering about you know trials tribulations about pain about injustice we the kingdom of god starts here that's why we work here because if we're not if we if we don't believe that the kingdom of god starts here we're not going to work on this earthly life we're just gonna think okay i'm just gonna you know suffer here but no, that's not the case. I believe that's not the case. Kingdom of God starts here. And it's fulfilled. Beyond. And I sincerely thank God he made me read this book. It is not just coincidence that it is on my to-do to read list as it follows Esther's. As it follows Esther. OMG, I'm sorry about that. You know, like, I'm reading, so that's fine. So... It's not just a coincidence that it is on my to-read list as it follow, follows Esther and I'm reading the Bible chronologically. And yes, I'm at Psalms. And yes, I'm at Psalms 65, I guess. It's really it's really good. I I really have a, a, a liking for Psalms. But even before I started reading the book, the Bible, Psalms is, you know, one of those books it's really close to my heart because it's very relatable you know okay back to back to job god used the book of job to comfort and enlighten me in times of suffering i can go back to this lesson and will find peace and hope yeah but another thing before i say bye-bye you know like um the book of psalms i really liked it before 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 i was reading the bible chronologically i like psalms as personally like it's one of those books that i love from the old testament because you know like i don't really read a lot of the old testament because it's ah, nosebleed and all of the terms the words the long list of genealogy the people the the rituals you know i there's there's a lot of you know if you're not prepared to read read like a history book the old testament will gonna will be very burdensome because it it is it is really a historical piece like historical book if you can see and i can see like you know it's a historical book because we have to see that it's really the word of god and you can see that it's really real you know it's genuine because of every tiny details you know like in a legal document right now it's very specified like even to the slightest detail it's specified and that's how this book is the the bible is the old testament is 
so I really you know all that cement oh I'm just like I think I'm just half but I can really see say that it's really the word of God you know and even if you know some people will say you know it's it's just like people people just write all those stuff and you just believe that but how can a book this old and super detailed super specific if this is just nonsense how can this you know survived set 2000 years or maybe like thousands of years and it's not the best selling book you know if it's just like a makeup like you know like makeup story or makeup book it's just a make believe it would have it would have died out like 10 years 20 years it would have died out no one would we would didn't read it now you know but if it's not the the if it's not the hand of god who made the the, the bible you know available to us and it's the best-selling book you know i couldn't describe i couldn't i couldn't make a reason like explain why it would have survived up until this day and it has been translated to many languages and you know studied by different people by different scholars you know so i guess that's one evidence of it being the truth because it survived like everything changes but only the word of god remains true and you know they say like change is the only thing permanent well I guess it's the word of God. It's permanent. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't change. It doesn't change. Anyway, that's all I know. I'm 25 minutes now. And I, I guess I'm not used to, you know, having broadcast, uh, having a podcast this long. But I thank you for all who listen. Mm. And I hope you really do. And I hope really we really do like you know um just soak in God's truth and yep well I guess you'll know my email right like venusjournalph at gmail dot com venusjournalph at gmail dot com that's my email so if you want to write or anything or say hi or what. Or you want to debate with me? Yeah, that's fine. Or, we, or I really do hope to meet, meet you in person. Maybe. But technology is really good, right? We can, we can make connections even if we're not physically together. God is good. God is great. God is gracious. And He is good. He is, he is strong. He is powerful. God is good, and I guess, like, even if I'm just 25 years old, I guess, you know, there are many, many times I could not count in my fingers, and I could not recall every every good thing that God has done in my life. So that's all, and, you know, remember, God gives, 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 gives. He gives you His only Son, Jesus Christ, and yeah. If he takes away, if it if he withholds or takes away, he's going to give you something better. And that's very good God, you know. Very good God. Anyway, it's okay. Twenty seven minutes. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye.